Now, back to your tech report. We're back on your tech report. Thank you guys for being with us each and every single week. Of course, if you want to connect with us, contact at yourtechreport.com. And of course, you can find us everywhere at your tech report. So the Wi-Fi World Congress North America is rolling into Toronto this September, right after Labor Day. And I have the pleasure of welcoming the CEO and chairman of this event. And of course, of Wi-Fi Now, the organization that that runs this event, uh, Klaus Heading. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here to talk about the event. I'm super excited to be on your show, Mark. Thank you so much for inviting me. And we're excited about you know going to Toronto for the first time. So you got to tell me this is like the first time, and I and I I have to admit this because I'm sure there's other people who for the first time are finding out about this event in particular. Tell me about the event because you're you're running on about eight years now since this event started. Um, what what is what's the event about? What are people going to find out at this event? Who comes to it? Okay, so it's a Wi-Fi industry event, we usually call it, right? And what does that mean? It means it's really for folks that, that, that have day jobs that involve Wi-Fi technology or the business of Wi-Fi in some way, right? And that means we actually get, and we're super, super proud of this, we get the top people basically working on Wi-Fi technology, uh, attending our events and especially speaking at our events and so on. So these are the actual folks who uh, they're actually building the technology that you will use, you are using probably right now in your laptop or in your phone or in your home with your router and with your mesh Wi-Fi and, and all of that. So these are the folks that actually come to our events and and share their insights on you know the industry where it's going, new innovation. Um, you know, opportunities. I mean, the, the two words that we use a lot at Wi-Fi now are innovation and opportunity. So we are a tech event. And of course, we want to show folks all the great new technology that's coming out right in the Wi-Fi space. But we're also very much, very much entrepreneurial. We're very business oriented. So we like to, you know, uh, showcase a new opportunities, how to basically make money, how to, you know, build businesses around the new technology that's emerging. Right. So we're very focused on that as well. Now, you know, what I what I think Wi-Fi, you know, I, as a consumer, obviously, exactly as you said, it's what I use on my phone, what I use on my computer. But there, there's so much more to Wi-Fi as a whole, because if you think about some of the companies, and I'll name just some of them that are on the website, for you know, Qualcomm, Aruba, Netgear, uh, you know, Linksys. And then you think about some of the technologies that are emerging within Wi-Fi, such as Matter, Thread, et cetera, et cetera. Wi-Fi is a pretty big big deal in, in terms of our lives, whether we touch it directly or not. Correct. It's a huge deal. And I think it touches everybody's lives. I mean, you, you, I mean, just imagine what would happen if you shut off the Wi-Fi just for one day. I mean, you couldn't do. Hardly I got anything. kids. I know exactly what that's like. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, <laughs> so it's a massive deal. The interesting thing about uh, the Wi-Fi industry is actually in terms of the number of people involved, it's maybe, you know, a few thousand people, maybe 10,000 people or so globally that work to make this technology work, right? To make this technology happen. It's, so it's actually relatively small, that group of people. It's not like the mobile industry, mobile, you know, people, there are millions and millions of people working in the mobile industry. But you're absolutely right. The companies involved are, uh, among others, some of the biggest uh, chipset silicon companies in the world, including, for example, Qualcomm. We worked for them, with them for a long time. And they do probably, I have to be careful here, but they probably do the majority of uh, the chips that go in in both the routers on the router side and on the device side. So uh, on, in, in your phones, essentially, right? 
And Intel is another good example. Intel, uh, and I have to be careful once again with the number, but they do the vast majority. We won't hold you to it. Don't worry. If the numbers numbers may not be accurate, guys. Here, okay, we're we're estimating. <laughs> All right, okay, okay. So, uh, so Intel, for example, they do the vast majority of the Wi-Fi chips that go into uh, laptops, right? Minus, of course, Apple. They do something different, but anything that is a PC, essential. Now, is that because? Right? Is that because they own the patents on what they're doing and, and therefore they have it? Or is it because they just have the manufacturing capability and the and the and the it's, it's, more because, it's more because they already have the processor in there, right? So typically the, the Wi-Fi platform goes together with the processor. Not always, but in, in by far most cases. So uh, when when it's you know it, when when it's got an Intel uh, chip in there for the computer itself, the, the Wi-Fi piece more or less comes with it. It's the easiest thing to do for the manufacturers, right? And they yeah. produce the best Wi-Fi in the world, no question about it. And they're also very very innovative in in, in how how they approach uh, you know uh, Wi-Fi connectivity. Um, as is Qualcomm on Qualcomm does uh, nearly I'm not going to say all, but but probably 80 percent of the Wi-Fi that goes into Android-based phones, so pretty much anything other than Apple, right? Yep. Not exclusively. There's also uh, MediaTek. It's a very strong Taiwanese company who does uh, a big chunk of it as well. Um, so, so that's kind of that's how it works. So, yeah. Um, but, but just think about you know where Wi-Fi is and how we're surrounded by, uh, by it. It's it, it's huge. I I want to say that it's the most successful single uh, technology of all time. If you if you count the number of devices that are Wi-Fi capable that are out there, it's in the billions of billions, right? Yeah. Billions of billions. And and um, and it's not. Of course, it's in the phones. It's in uh, laptops, televisions. Every I mean, think of every uh, yes connected devices these days. Correct. I mean, they're in our remote controls. They're in everything. It's absolutely everywhere and. Uh, you know, there's many generations of Wi-Fi technology coexisting out there. That's another characteristic of Wi-Fi technology is we have things that are maybe, and, and it's both good and bad, but we have things that are maybe 10 years old that will still work with a new router, for example, right? Now, is that by design, though? Is that intentional? Yes. Okay. Yes. That's intentional. So all new Wi-Fi standards are always back, uh, backwards, backwards compatible. compatible. Right, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so that's how it works. So uh, where do we st- where do we stand today when it comes to Wi-Fi technology? And I'll give you a, a little fun story. When we first yeah. started doing this radio show, and we start doing, we actually started as a blog. Um, one of the first exclusives that we had um, was uh, Linksys's Velop Mesh system, right. and that was one of the first Wi-Fi five. I yes. think mesh systems that yes. ever that existed and we and it was so cool to us because we had this exclusive they sent us an embargo and 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 we got to talk cool. about it we were one of the first videos that were out there about it but you know fast forward to today um you know the, I'm going to ask you a question that's in a couple parts here which is yeah. um how, and the number one is how quickly does that technology evolve and you know once a standard is issued like we're we're, we're talking about Wi-Fi 7 now okay yes. even though Wi-Fi 6 is not really in, in I think a lot of people's minds, Wi-Fi 6 really isn't necessarily 
out there entirely, and we're already talking about Wi-Fi seven. So, are, are, is this because we're the, you know the technology is moving faster than people can even adopt it? Well, I think you kind of have to think of it as. By the way, there's an intermediate one. It's called Wi-Fi six E. Yes, I forgot about Wi-Fi six E. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, but but be happy that we're not at the eight hundred two dot eleven and and some you know alphabet soup kind of version because yeah. thankfully the Wi-Fi lines did away with that a, a while ago because that was completely not intelligible for for because they don't follow any logical system other than if you you know work in the IEEE's standardization groups and so on so anyway uh, um, the the answer is there's a five year cycle typically this is how it's set up so every five years a new Wi-Fi standard will be issued and. Uh, the, the exception in this case was actually the 6E standard. So I'll explain that to you in just a moment. You're right in that Wi-Fi 6, 6 is actually still in some ways rolling out. It's by far the most uh, uh, shipped uh, standard among Wi-Fi equipment now, right? But there's still a lot of Wi-Fi 5 and even Wi-Fi 4 uh, yeah. around, of course. And it takes a while, uh, you know, for that, uh, you know, to, to, for the adoption to be complete because not everybody has the same need. I like to think of the new standards as it's kind of like, you know, the iPhone story. There's going to be a new iPhone, but there's also going to be like two or three other generations of iPhones that you can still buy if you're okay with them, right? It's that sort of thing. I don't think necessarily it's a question of doing a complete upgrade of everything to another to a new standard. It's more... It's more and more, uh, you know, a coexistence of, of maybe two or three standards over, uh, you know, uh, for a while and then... Uh, the older ones will eventually drop out and the newer ones will, will appear. But that, I, I think it's more that sort of market scenario we're talking about today. And let's face it, not everybody will have a need to go out, run out and buy, you know, the latest Wi-Fi 7. It's just barely out, by the way. Uh, but uh, some people will find it very useful, for example, to have Wi-Fi 6E. Not that anybody actually really knows, except for us in the industry, what that, what that means. But but they might actually turn out to that might actually turn out to be something good for them because there's a lot more spectrum available in 6E, which means you'll get a much cleaner signal and you'll get uh, a lot better Wi-Fi in your home or in your, for your business. Typically, because uh, this new spectrum is totally clean and and there's a lot of it, right? I'm I'm one of those guys that I geek out a little bit when it comes to this. I have, you know, you walk into my house and you you see probably eight different ubiquity hotspots in my house. Uh -huh. I've got it centrally managed. I've got a rack in the in the basement here, uh -huh. <laughs> so I'm constantly looking like how can I speed things up? Like I I I, do, I speed test everywhere in my house. Yes. I measure the distance. I try to find, um, but we've come to the point now. I think where. That kind of technology, that meshing technology and the ability to extend and really cover an area has become simpler. And I think that's yes, that's because it's by design. It's so that, you know, people who aren't as geeked out as I am can can, you know, go buy the latest from TP-Link, LinkSys, whatever company right. Right. and get that that kind of coverage. Um is yet there's always the enterprise side of things and and there are so many use cases for Wi-Fi that I think are even pushing beyond just connecting our devices. You know, I've seen technologies where they're using the Wi-Fi signal to detect if someone falls in a room that's four Correct. over. Correct. Is that, is that still on the infancy? Are we still like oh, playing with that? No, I would say we're more than playing with that. Those, I mean, Wi-Fi sensing, we call it, right, is actually 
uh, a super interesting field. And, and I'd, I'd say we more, we're more than playing with it. There are uh, service providers out there, uh, operators that are already using this as an active commercial service. Oh, wow. Uh, right. In, in, certainly in the U.S. and in, elsewhere as well. In fact, specifically Wi-Fi sensing is interesting from a Canadian point of view because uh, there are there's there is a company called based just outside of Toronto. Uh, it's called uh, Cognitive System. That's a Canadian company. They were one of the first to commercialize to to uh, yeah to basically develop this technology and commercialize it. Wi-Fi sensing. They call it Wi-Fi Motion. I think Wi-Fi Motion. Yeah. Yeah. So this is super interesting. And what it does, it it passively uses it listens for Wi-Fi signals. It has a way of interpreting changes in the signals as movement and it's got you know a lot of sophistication to it because you've got to be able to tell whether it's a cat running around or your grandma getting up or something yeah. like that right so so it's actually uh, uh, tricky to do because um you've got to get have the right ai engines and things like that to, you know to analyze it's almost it. like it's almost like lidar without the vision yeah, yeah exactly, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it, the, the cool thing about it is that it's not i mean if you want to do do kind of a if you like a gentle monitoring of the elderly for example and, yeah. and you know they don't want cameras pointing at them and stuff and in this yeah, way right and, and in this way you can actually do this in in uh in a sort of an obtrusive way and and it works it works really well as i said we're uh you know they're making really good progress with this also commercially and and of course they'll be at the wi-fi world congress as well where you can meet them so what are the big topics like obviously i mean i'm assuming the conference rolls yes. out there's a lot of people speaking at it what are the top like top five things that people are talking about when okay. it comes to top this five. event it, a lot of this event is about uh introducing new tech Technology, including uh, Wi-Fi 7 is the latest one. So that's going to come out uh, later this year formally. There's there's already devices on the market, uh, a few, uh, that support it. So that's uh, a big step up in many ways because what we have with that standard is obviously always more speed. I mean, we're talking about gigabits. Oh, yeah. Device, Bandwidth right? speed, yeah. No, right, totally. Right. right. So gigabits to the device. But more than that, this standard uses a number of features that allows you to have multiple connections, for example, running between the device and the router. So parallel connections, if you like. And the idea with that is to make sure there's a lot of redundancy in the signal so that uh, you get very, very high quality and you get very low latency so that this is really designed for something that's that at least can be very interactive, like what we're doing now. It could be, of course, gaming. It could be, you know, uh, AR, VR type, type uh, situations where uh, the last microsecond, if you like, counts, right? So, and it also commercially, if you like, has implications because one of the, I'll tell you about the other topics in there, just the same because there's a lot of them. Uh, one of, of the, 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 the things that have hampered the Wi-Fi industry in many ways is that we've not been able to really guarantee a grade of service for a wireless service, for example, for uh, you know for an enterprise, for an office building, and so on. And with the with the generations of Wi-Fi technology that are coming out now, they're in fact gonna, they're very close to cellular quality, right? Which means if you're a service provider, you can go out to your customer and say, hey, we can get you wall-to-wall wireless coverage, Wi-Fi coverage in this building, and we will guarantee you 99 point, whatever it is, right, uh, service level. 
And the only reason why you can do that now is because you have these technologies that are super sophisticated and in fact, make sure that there's redundancy built in, if you like, into the into the data stream so that uh, you get this kind of quality. So Wi-Fi 7 and to some extent also Wi-Fi 6 and 6E are really about uh, getting the quality up as much as they are about more speed, right? So that's a big discussion. And, and that's right across the board. So we kind of split up, or we, I like to think of the Wi-Fi industry in two parts. One is the part that it has to do with your home. Right, that has to do with the router that you get from your service provider, or the one that you buy, right, in your ma- the mesh that you buy from your electronic shop, or whatever. That's one side of it. It's it's by far the biggest market because more or less everybody has that in every house. Yeah, right? and it, that that's one part of the Wi-Fi industry, and that story is very much uh, has to do with service providers, but it also has to do with consumers, and they're typically the first to adopt new standards, right. So that's one piece of the industry. The other piece is all the professional stuff, like the enterprise, what we call the enterprise Wi-Fi uh, yeah. solutions, which are delivered by companies like, I think you met, mentioned Ubiquity is a good one, right? Yeah, Ubiquity, um, there's Juniper, Cisco, Ubiquity, like Cisco, all those. Yeah. Aruba, all these folks that basically their business is to a large extent based on providing professional Wi-Fi, right? So we've kind of also divided the um, the the um, uh the event into two days with the first day, which is more sort of in-home focus and the second day, which is more focused on professional solutions, right? Or enterprise. And um, some of the other topics that are important, we mentioned already Wi-Fi sensing. It's a big one because obviously there's a lot of uh, activities in Canada on that. We're going to be spending, I'm sure, uh, a lot of time discussing the impact of this new spectrum. This is something that is very, very important. And I think it's probably very few people, unless you're inside the industry, who know about this. So it, the six gigahertz band became available in first in the US only about three years ago. Yeah. And, and you probably know about this, Mark, but uh, this band was, um, and we have to give credit to the FCC for this. And by the, by the way, Canada was one of the first to jump on board as well, right? So in Canada, you have the same. In fact, I think you have a little bit more spectrum. Um, so this means that you have uh, basically three times the amount of frequency bands to work with uh, in Wi-Fi than you had before. So that has been a huge jump, right? And we're only just now starting to see, uh, you know, the effects of this. Um, you know, and, and it's things like gigabits to the device. Um, you know, people are talking well, about it's network congestion. It's like, you know, from a consumer's perspective, it's your home. You know, people used to have to battle with neighbors when they were yes. on like 2.4 gigahertz and stuff like that. Now yeah. that spectrum is a lot wider and yes. more focused. And we do see it, even though people who may not, you know, geek down to the numbers. Um, see the benefits by better performance at home, by yes. more bandwidth, and not seeing all this congestion that they used to have. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely right. And and we're going to see more and more. Uh, I think you know the Wi-Fi quality that you're experiencing as these things roll out, uh, get deployed, and 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 folks adopt them in their homes. We're going to see better and better Wi-Fi quality. In fact, I think within a couple of years, it's going to be unrecognizable compared to what you used to think Wi-Fi was, right? And it was kind of up and down and, you know, you have all kinds of glitches when you're doing, uh, you know, uh, shows like this and so on and so forth. So, um, yeah, so that's a big, big deal. And and that applies, 
you know, that applies right across the board. I mean, everyone will benefit from the new spectrum. So service providers will be able to, you know, like in Canada, I guess, Telus Rogers and so on, uh, will be able to benefit from being able to deliver a much better service to your home, in your home, right? By, yeah. you know, getting a router, getting you a router that actually works across these bands. Um, and, you know, if you want to do more than that, you can get your own equipment and you'll benefit from that, you know, from the, from the mesh, which can now think about the mesh. In, when you when you have three bands to work with, right? All of a sudden, or or much more spectrum. All of a sudden, you can dedicate. It doesn't exactly work like this, but kind of. You can dedicate parts of the band just to do the connection between the mesh units, right? Yeah. And the rest exactly. connect your devices, and that already there, you have a huge benefit because the backhaul, if you like, is taken care of, and you have much more. Uh, bandwidth available for the devices. So, so that's what's happening with, with Wi-Fi 6E and Wi-Fi 7, right? Um, and in the enterprise, uh, same thing. I mean, professional Wi-Fi networks that are properly, you know, planned, engineered with professional equipment and so on, so on are going to be, you know, exceptional compared to what they were just a couple of years ago. And that means a lot for, you know, mobile workspaces and, you know, folks obviously using... Uh, a, a lot of uh, video conferencing and applications yeah. that types of things like this. It also means a lot to industry. So industry, um, it's a whole different area, of course, but industry where you need to be able to make sure that your uh, robots in your um, logistics center have a good signal all the time and you know I, 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 my mind goes to manufacturing to yes. to medical to the you know you know, think of people you know that we hear a lot in the medical field about people doing remote surgeries right i mean without this kind of technology behind it Correct. there wouldn't be that reliability there so this Correct. this is why it's an important conversation i think and and what you're doing is so good because People need to be aware of the things that that keep us connected. Sometimes people find it; it's just they're pat, they're happy to just make sure they can sure. get online and go onto TikTok. But there's so much that goes into it, which is why we have shows like this so we can yes, talk yes. about it. There, there's a huge amount of technology that goes into these things, and it, it's it's very very sophisticated. I had a conversation uh, a few years ago with a gentleman who was essentially the. Uh, his name, he's called the father of Wi-Fi. His name is Vic Hayes. He's more than 80 years old now. And he, in the 1980s, he was part of, he, he basically headed up the IEEE work group that made the first standard. And he was telling me these days, the standard, the, the written standard, the documents are like thousands and thousands of pages long, right? He said, he can't find heads and tails of it anymore because it's just so sophisticated. <laughs> and and the, the standard back then was, you know, obviously much more, uh, much more succinct, right? So even for a person like that, who's obviously a guru in his field, uh, it has become tremendously sophisticated, this technology. And it, it, um, it, it, it's a tremendous effort, especially by, by everybody, but especially by, you know, the chipset uh, manufacturers to, to, to make these things work, right? Uh, and and it, it, huge teams working on this, right? Well, it's so cool that you're bringing everybody together. And uh, obviously, uh, the, the Wi-Fi World Congress North America is happening September 18 to 20 Correct. in Toronto. If people want to find out more, I'm guessing it's wifinowglobal.com. Yes. And you can click on the Toronto link there. Yes. Um, 
I hope you come back on in a, in a couple months. Talk to us about not only this event, but also the there's a Bangkok event, right? That's and right. You could tell me all about the things that come out of it because this is what sets us up for the future. And while there are people at home going, "What on earth are you talking about?" I think we managed to at least bring it down to a little bit more of a consumable yeah. level so that people understand it because yeah. it is super important. Mark, thank you so much. It's a pleasure to, to be on your show. Very happy to come back. Of course, we'll take a quick break and come back here on your tech report. Your tech report will be right back. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod Six One Seven, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network. It is your favorite girl. That's right. It's the Ali Mars, the one and the only. Everyone else just ain't me. I am the host of Welcome to Mars, a lifestyle podcast where nothing is off the table. I have come a long way from sex and dating and have transformed the new vibe to all things lifestyle. We still talk sex, but I'm more interested in the journey, where people have come from, how they made it, and where they're going. Subscribe or follow to a brand new look and a brand new era. Welcome to Mars. Subscribe or follow on Apple, Spotify, Google, or at theallymars.com. Because even with the new look, I'm still that same bitch you love to hate. <laughs> 